So you've guessed it on podcasts, but maybe you're left wondering where all the leads and clients are. It could be your call to action or your lead generation plan. So I interview content strategist, Sarah Noel Block and host of Tiny Marketing Show to share her lead generation strategy and email marketing tips to convert your listeners to leads. Let's dive in. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm chatting today with Sarah Noblock. Uh, from Tiny Marketing. I love that name. And of course, Tiny Marketing Podcast. And she is a content strategist. um, And for anyone that knows me, I love content marketing. And what I like about Sarah is that not only are you doing such a bang up job on Instagram, and I love your little videos. um, (laughs) But today, though, we're going to talk about email marketing, because it's such a key element of podcasting. I know for me, you know, I went into podcasting because I wanted to get more visibility, but I also wanted to grow my e-list. Mm-hmm. And of course that's getting leads. Um, do you find that, you know, for your clients or for you, like what was your reason for starting your podcast? My podcast was because I was already interviewing a ton of experts for my YouTube show. And I thought I might as well repurpose this Heck yeah. for a podcast. And now the podcast is doing like way better than my YouTube channel. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, I guess my audience is just raising their hand and telling me what they want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Well, you can't argue with the stats, right? With how many people are listening to right. podcasts. Um, and then I know for me, when I go to, uh, someone's podcast page, I'm a desktop girl. I tend not to do it on my phone, whatever reason, but I like what, if there is a video embedded on the page, I do like to watch the video version. I have to say it's nice having both for sure. And I think that most people are finding me because of my podcast, but then they're watching. Yeah. Yeah. So perfect. And you can repurpose videos so much like in so many different ways. I know. I love it. Um, so let's talk about leads. Um, so what is your favorite way of getting leads from podcasts or for those that are kind of like, I need to get leads from podcasts. What is your go-to strategy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is real obvious, but have a lead generator. Yeah. (laughs) Part of, you know, that's part of the show notes page. And it's even better if you have a tracking URL or a specific landing page for that specific podcast that you're on. So you can track it even better, have that part of your, your funnel that you're creating. Honestly, I would say the last five clients that I've gotten and my clients are retainers, so they're long-term. So I'm not adding on all the time. Mm -hmm. They found me through podcasts though just listening to the podcast. It's such an important way to be able to build that no like trust factor with your audience. So just being a guest on a podcast Mm -hmm. is already a great way to market yourself and then having that lead generator on there so you can get those email addresses and start nurturing them is a plus. Absolutely. And I, you've probably 
I always like pointing out different mistakes, but like I've seen people just, oh, just go to my website or just find me on Facebook. It's like, can't track that. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and they're not going to get on your e-list that way necessarily. No, no. And email has the highest return on investment. You want to get email addresses whenever you can, because, well, you can't, they might forget about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they listen to you. They think you're smart. And they might want to work with you one day, but unless you capture that email address, there's a good chance that they're going to forget you existed once they turn that podcast off. I know. Sad, but true. Um, What kind of lead magnets do you find work best? Like just kind of share some examples. Yeah. So I love webinars and I think that they have they have the greatest return from me when I'm doing them with another partner. Oh, interesting. Yes. So because you're sharing the leads and you have double the list, if not more, because you're both promoting that webinar. Mm-hmm. So I think webinars are the best lead generators. And But when you're doing something like a podcast or a video with someone or a guest blog, um, ebooks have done really well for me. Yeah. Yeah books yeah they don't take a ton of time to create and I created one a few years ago with it's basically the the strategy I use to launch my own business and build my brand so I I had enough contracts lined up to make up my salary before I left my job so I created an ebook on that and that that ebook has brought in so many leads without me even trying. Yeah, it's yeah. Perfect. On my website, I'm not promoting it, but it it does a great job of that. I love that. Now, of course, when you're using the lead magnet to generate the leads, um, what is the next step? Yeah, make sure that you have a funnel set up, an email funnel. So whatever that lead generator is, use a tracking code first. So you're able to see where that came from. And that could be, like I said before, a personalized landing page, or you could use Google campaign URLs or Bitly. So -hmm. you can have a tracking URL on there and then make sure that it's set up. So it goes directly to your email marketing platform. Seems obvious, but if it's not, Make sure you lost those leads. Yeah. Use a zap or have it set up. Sometimes we forget that we're all invested in the lead generator. Mm. And then maybe you've set it up. So any leads that come in, go to a spreadsheet that you've as like a, a hub because you didn't have the, the zap. Set yeah. Up. So make sure that it's set up to go directly to your email campaign or email marketing platform. And from there, have a nurture sequence set up. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel either. Create like a first, a homepage, or I'm sorry, a welcome email that's specific for that podcast Yeah. in your workflow. And then you can borrow the rest of the welcome sequence that you send to your normal email list. Mm. So just add one more on there so it's clear where they came from and you're recognizing that. And then um, create an original workflow with that. And then from there, move them on to a nurture sequence or a sales sequence, whatever makes sense for you. I like to do a little mix and match where it's like three nurture, one sale, three nurture, one sale. Yeah, yeah. How long do you usually make your nurture sequences? For eternity. I have a newsletter that goes out every week. Yeah. So 
I am always talking to my audience. That is key. Absolutely. And I find too, like sometimes people opt in for a lead or a checklist or whatever. And Lord knows I've done it. You get it. And then you kind of forget it and it sits in your inbox and, oh yeah, I'll look at it later. And then you don't. So it's like having those emails to be like, Hey, remember that thing you got? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, okay. On that same subject, it's, we were talking before we hit record about email deliverability and um, like how difficult it is to, to make email work for you with iOS update and everything. Mm But if you have your lead generator sent via email and then they download it, that tells the email gods that your emails matter to this person and you won't be going to spam anymore. They'll prioritize sending yours. So having that little trick of having the lead generator come in an email to be downloaded, that helps a lot with deliverability in the future. Agreed. And so you mean, you're meaning like, don't have the thing on the thank you page, wait for them to get it in the email and then open it. Yeah. That's a great tip. Um, so with those nurture emails, like I, I understand what they are, but for listeners, a lot of people don't really grasp it. They're like, I've even had clients where it's like, what do I say? (laughs) Yeah. they, They have no idea what, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And before I was, because I was a marketing director for a really long time in corp in the corporate world. And before I was doing email marketing regularly, because other people were doing it, I was kind of confused, what should I talk Mm -hmm. about? But it's super clear now. (laughs) You're creating content regularly. Like, for example, you have your podcast, your nurture sequence could just be about those topics that your podcast is on you're providing value, you're educating your audience, that can be your nurture sequence is promoting those those podcasts. Um, if you're doing media and you're in someone else's podcast or someone else's mm-hmm. video or whatever, you can do an email about that. It is, um, nurture sequences are just about adding value and teaching yeah. and creating little bite-sized nuggets for people to learn. So yeah, I send mine every Tuesday and perfect. another thing with email deliverability is if you send it on the same day of the week and time of the week, that also helps with email deliverability in the future. Are there any days that you find are better than others? Some people say only email on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Some people say email on Monday, don't email on Friday. Like I don't, everyone's yeah. got an opinion. I would say don't bother emailing on Friday. No one's checking their emails. No. <laughs> I wouldn't on work those days. No. Um, I don't email on Mondays either because people's inboxes are inundated mm-hmm. from the weekend and they're catching up and they're more apt to just delete, delete, delete. I know. So I would go with the Tuesday through Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I know. that. That's on my brain as well. Um, and in the emails... Like there's, should you just have text or pictures or video? Like, does it matter really what you send? I, I love a mix and match. Yeah. I, um, it really depends on your brand personality on what you should include, but I'll just give you an example of my own content creation process. So I create 
one piece of core content. We talked mm-hmm. about it before we hit record. For me, that is a video interview. Yeah. That's my core content. And then I repurpose it into a thousand different ways. Like that 30 minute interview becomes three 10 minute YouTube videos and a podcast. I don't know. I can't even like nine, at least 12, maybe social media totally. and at least three emails. So start there. And then whatever it is that you're promoting in that email, whatever nurtured or education nugget you're giving them embedded in, in the email. Yeah. So it could be a button going to your yeah. podcast. It could be a video embed. I always like adding gifts because I put gifts everywhere in all of my yeah all of my content. It really it's it's good to to do a little mix and match. It's fun to add your personality too. I love when I get emails and it's like there's a funny picture or a funny GIF, and I'm like, yeah, oh, you're know. a person, yeah. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think so many people get they overthink their mm-hmm. brand personality and they have to, they feel like they need to be taken seriously. Yeah. But it's really, you're even in B2B, it's person to person. You're selling to the person. And even if you have repelled one person, um, they weren't attracted to your personality, that's probably a good thing because Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been a good fit for your client. So it's okay to repel as long as you're attract also you'll bring in the right people too for sure now how do you know what's working and not working check your analytics i am a reporting junkie i just like hit refresh refresh (laughs) (laughs) i love my analytics um so see what emails are really performing well um take note on what was the format of it did they Mm -hmm. what are they clicking on more often do they like the videos over the podcasts just you know that's that's the only way to know for sure and i was i was at content marketing world not that long ago and i saw that i was there a number of years ago it's awesome It, it was so fun it was so fun Anne hanley was speaking and she was talking about her own analytics, what she considers a success for her email newsletter. And for her, it's replies. So Mm, whenever somebody replies to her email, she's like, that was a win. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I love when emails ask a question because you do feel compelled to answer. And that's just a great way, A, for the algorithm, right? Yeah. Um, For, you know, email opens and stuff like that. But that's the whole point to me. It's like, you want to have conversations and relationships with people. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, it's great for, you know, email is the email platform is saying that they want to talk to you Mm -hmm. that they're applying. So you'll be delivered better, but also you're building that relationship with someone. And that's the whole point, isn't it? Absolutely. Totally. Um, Now, of course, obviously you're getting leads for a reason. You want to convert them to become a customer. Right. Um, so someone's listening to a podcast or like, woohoo, you're awesome, Sarah. I'm going to download and listen to your webinar, um, get some emails from you. Like, how do you get them to become a client? Yeah. So once they are in your sequence, make sure that you have your nurture set up mm-hmm. and make it super easy to buy from you. A lot of the times when people are failing at selling, it's because it's not clear how to purchase from you or what you're selling. 
So just make it clear, have a clear CTA at the end of your emails, um, offer opportunities every couple emails to mm -hmm. set up a call, or maybe you're having a flash sale on one of your particular services, and that will pull people in. You can also do scoring with your email marketing. Yeah. And score them, and when they get to a certain level, maybe reach out to them directly, and um, have a conversation with them. See how you can provide a solution for their problem. For sure, it's funny how like some entrepreneurs have the mindset of like, okay, if I have a podcast, they're naturally going to reach out to me and want to work with me. Where it's not the case. Like you do have to bring them through that funnel that you're talking about, yeah. and you do have to like ask them, Hey, I have this thing. Like, do you want it? Yeah. Sometimes they, they, don't, about it. <laughs> they don't, yeah. Like if it's not in front of their face and then they may not know fully how you can support them and, and what you have and you that, know, yeah. That's a very good point. A lot of times I'll get people on my list and they're on my list because they like the content I produce. They like the education that I provide. Mm -hmm. but they don't know what I do. They don't yeah. know the services I provide unless I tell them. They yeah. just know that they want to learn what I about what I talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I've even known some um, clients that have actually had did the scoring like you said, and then even had a sales team where they they were a bigger company clearly, but and like did outbound calling and they were very oh, successful yeah. at it. When I was working corporate, that is what I did. I would mm -hmm. score. And then once they reached a certain level on scoring, it would send them directly to sales. We used HubSpot. So it was very yeah. automated beginning to end. And yeah, that worked really well. So speaking of HubSpot, what is your favorite CRM? Is it HubSpot then? <sighs> yes, I do love HubSpot. Um, it is pricey though for smaller businesses, yeah, yeah. Um, but it works really well for like the SMB level because it's not as crazy expensive as like Mercado or Perdot. Those are bigger. Those are more expensive. They're more corporate ones, aren't they? They are. I mean, HubSpot's not cheap. It's no. like mm, $800 a month on average. Oh, Hannah, I didn't realize it was that expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is not cheap, but it's really great that it's an all-in-one solution yeah. and you could do everything from social media automation to scoring your customers in there for like smaller businesses um active campaign is really nice it's like a yeah. hub spotlight, <laughs> hub spotlight. Yeah. i do like active campaign too yeah there's some really good less expensive ones out there yeah for sure um and some of those crms even have templates yeah um which is like at least it gets you started right yeah i use flowdesk for um for my own email marketing oh, i've never heard of that yeah. one it's so simple it's they have workflows and it does everything that i need to yeah sweet i know there's so many options out there it can be a little overwhelming <laughs> yeah it can for sure. So what are some of the pitfalls that you find podcasters uh, do where it comes to getting sales from their podcast? Yeah, like the podcasters themselves, I would say a lot of times it's like the lack of promotion afterwards. You've done all of the work. It's a ton of work to get that podcast. Yes. 
And then you're just like letting it live. <laughs> you're yeah. Not you need to have like a good distribution strategy around it. So people are actually seeing it. I know. I have to say that's one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> yeah. So you work so hard and then it's like, mm. I know one, one social media post and Hey, this show went live <laughs> and then that's yeah. it. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. It's not enough. There's so much no. you can do with it too. You mentioned my Instagram. So like I'll create reels from the video clips as we're mm -hmm. putting together the podcast, the videos. Um, I was on someone else's podcast a couple weeks ago and they had their Instagram live set up as we were recording it. So Ooh. it was like a behind the scenes Instagram live of our podcast recording, which I thought was pretty cool. And I haven't that seen that done sick. before. No, I knew someone that did it, but I could never, I'm like, it's enough to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to have I, another device and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it I did. Yeah. It got a little complicated. I had mine going too. So we were adjoining, but there was like an echo effect at first. Oh, smoothed out. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. And people were asking questions during the podcast interview, which made it a little more interactive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I never thought about that part, but yeah, you're right. Um, cool. Any last wisdom for those that are um, wanting to generate leads from podcasts? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to reiterate my point of don't miss out on that lead gen when you're on uh, when you're on a podcast. It's a prime opportunity to um, I'll use an old phrase that I haven't heard in a long time, but it's borrow someone else's audience. Yeah. You're, you're if you're a guest on someone else's show, someone else's blog, borrow their audience and always have a lead gen so you can so you can increase your list. It's it's where the money is made is your email yeah, list. Absolutely. And you know what changed my, not changed my mind, but made me look at it slightly differently was that someone said you're doing someone a disservice if you don't give them a next step. Yes. I saw that really recently too. Mariah Cause, I think, is the one who said it. And yeah, I it's never true. Thought it's like you're leaving way, them high and dry. Yeah. yeah. Nice to meet like, you. See ya. <laughs> yeah. They'd be cool to work with. Nope. <laughs> <You don't get laughs> exactly. But it, yeah, because as humans, we like hate to ask, right? Or like don't want to be salesy. So it's yeah, like it feels awkward. It does. Yeah. But with something like this, you're providing value. Yeah. You're not being salesy. You're yeah. giving them something for a free resource. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of resources, I know you have one to share, Sarah. Yes. So I recently, it was last week, I had a live webinar awesome. on the five ways to improve your content ROI, because I've been getting a ton of questions about budgeting for next year. Mm. With the recession and budgets being cut, people are wondering where they should be spending their money. So I did a very spontaneous, I did this in, well, from beginning, from conception to having it was six days. Oh my God. I that know. Would stress me out. <laughs> like six weeks. It was six days. <laughs> and, um, but these are the five ways that I have increased mm. ROI for my own clients. And I even give you like inside reports on 
on how my clients really did increase their ROI and nice. actual sales numbers. So you can see how these elements actually affect mm. money. Um, so I have it on demand now and I'm sharing that with your audience. Awesome. So they can get those five tips. All right. And that's at tinymarketing.me slash leverage. Yes. And so that plays into your tip on having a customized uh, page yes. and URL. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I use Bitly for that um, to make it super easy. Yeah. Because now my analytics will tell me yeah. that any leads that come in from this are from your podcast. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> make her look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I so appreciate your time. And of course, um, how can people check out your podcast? Yes, it's the tiny marketing show. And it's everywhere you listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can find all of my content on um, Sarah Noel block my name, um, dot com, all of it's there. And um, the show is available on podcasts and on YouTube. Yeah, perfect. All right. Keep up the good work, girl. Thanks. All right. Let me know when you're doing another webinar or maybe we should do one together. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for talking to us about leads and a lot of good tips on nurturing as well. So Thanks. awesome. So have a great day. Thanks. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.